Hello, my name is David Lesner, and I'm one of the pastors at Creekwood United Methodist Church. We are located in Fairview, Texas, right east of Allen, just north of the Dallas area. The sermon you're about to hear was recorded at one of our worship services, which we'd love to invite you to check out live at 8.30 a.m. for traditional or 11 a.m. for contemporary on Sunday mornings on our Facebook page or the recorded version on YouTube. We'd love for you to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC or our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more information about what is happening and how you can grow with us in our mission to share God's love. If you feel inspired, there's also a way to give at the top of the website. Thanks for listening to this sermon, and we hope it inspires you in your journey with God. Our scripture this morning comes from Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from the, to the place from which I set you into exile. This is the word of God for the people of God, let us say. Thanks be to God. Good morning. I don't know about y'all, but I think darkness gets a bad rap. And it's good to wear at the 8.30 service because it's actually overshadowed, so you came at a good time. And don't get me wrong, I'm dreading daylight savings time. Hopefully we get rid of that eventually. And with it, it comes less daylight. I hate that. But if you think about it, darkness plays some pretty important roles in our life. In one way, that darkness shows up and can even show us the beauty and the contrast of so many different emotions and things is found in art. And so this Italian Renaissance style of art that shows light and dark, if you can go to the next slide, Patrick. It's called chiascuro, it's just fun to say. Chiascuro, it's Italian for light, dark. So the Italian Renaissance art style of chiascuro uses light and dark to contrast each other, show different shades of an image or an emotion. And so if you've heard of the artists Rembrandt, Caravaggio, Vermeer, Goya, and so many more, they use this style of chiaroscuro. So one of my favorite paintings that shows this style is called the card sharps. And it's found just not too far from here in Fort Worth at the Kimball Art Museum. It's in their permanent gallery. And what I love about this painting is how it highlights the innocence of a young noble boy being cheated by an older man and his younger accomplice. This other boy is caught up in the emotion of the act, and so we see these shades of light and dark playing off one another. We see a very bright lit face of this innocent young boy being cheated, and we also see a mixture between light and dark within the the thief's accomplice who's reaching for the card. And in the shadows in the back is this older man veiled in darkness. So we see all the drama being acted out, the emotion, the good, the bad, the fight between good and bad, all in one picture. Another piece that shows this Chiaroscuro style 
is Vermeer's Girl Reading a Letter by an Open Window. What really hits me with this is this emotion of this girl. We're immediately hit with what is going on with her, reading what is expected to be a love letter with Cupid in the background. So the light fixates coming through the window on the young girl. It's intertwining the two, the girl's face and the letter, to ask us what is the contents of the letter. Is it good news? Is it bad news? What is she feeling? Interestingly, this portion of the painting that shows Cupid, this was only fully discovered last year. So it was actually painted up shortly after Vermeer's death and restores over the last really uh, quarter of a century started restoring it and figuring out. So without it, we wouldn't even know necessarily it would be a love letter. So even darkness and coding over things plays a role in the detail of this painting. A final example of this style of light and dark shows how it can provide wonder, perspective, and deeper understanding of our world. This painting by Joseph Wright of Derby depicts a philosopher using what's called an orrery, which is, for anyone who's done scale models of the solar system and styrofoam and all that fun stuff, it's essentially what this is. But it shows the different scene, the, sh the scene shows so much wonder, anticipation of knowledge of, of what can be done, what can be experienced and known in this world. So if we think about it, darkness offers quite a few different perspectives. And that's certainly true when it comes to our faith. Just from the beginning of creation, God creates out of darkness. This is the canvas from which all creation comes forth. It's out of darkness, out of nothing, that life is brought forth. If you think about it, it's pretty powerful. So in our sermon series, Letters from Babylon, over the last few weeks, we've been reading how Jeremiah has been sending these letters, telling the people, and we're finding these people in the darkness of exile, of being cast away from their home for 70 years. They're experiencing their own darkness of generations who won't be able to return home. The loss, not only of what's to come, but loved ones, their home, their language, their culture. And so they're told to integrate. So what shades of light or hope can be found here? There is a well-known verse in our text it comes from verse 11, for surely I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. But if you think about it, th this line really stands out. It's this moment of hope that's otherwise surrounded by a lot of darkness. It offers this assurance that one day the people will return home, that God is present with them, even though it may seem so difficult to experience God in that moment. But these words of comfort, they don't miraculously wave a wand or solve the pain or the sorrow that these people are facing. Rather, let them know that while everything may seem bleak, there are indeed small embers of hope guiding the way for these people. I think it's important to know that the pain 
that the Israelites are feeling, it's very real. Faced with our own painful situations in life, I think at one point we all deal with this question of if God cares, if God loves, why is there pain? Why does God allow pain? As one commentator put it, to know God, to cling to God's promises, and to suffer radically produces a sensation of extreme disorientation. If you stop and think about moments in your life where it's been difficult, you've had a period of darkness, it's probably not too difficult to imagine a feeling of disorientation, of wanting to cling to a message of hope, of light, while trying to make your way through the darkness. And while we may not be dealing with exile, we have our own situations of sorrow and despair that we go through. What I find incredible about this text in Jeremiah is that God's promise of a future filled with returning home, with, with care and hope, it doesn't sugarcoat the reality that the Jewish people are in. It offers us the important reminder that in our life, in our faith, we are not solely expected just to be filled with moments of light, of shiny moments, but that there will be moments of darkness. And out of such darkness, light can pierce through and guide us to a new experience of hope and wonder. This text, these letters from Jeremiah to the exiles, a lot of it has to really do with faith. It asks us, how do we have faith? Not to just settle for persecution or exile, but through all that we endure, particularly those long seasons of life where it feels like we just can't stand up, where we can't find respite, comfort, or hope for something different. Where can we find light? And Jeremiah's message to the people is that God doesn't abandon them to an eternity of exile. Rather, God is present in this darkness, in this separation. God is there, and that goes for us. God is there with us, ready to embrace us, to listen to us, to lead us into a new reality. Not to magically wave a wand to make everything right, but to let us know that there is indeed hope, a space where we can experience unexpected grace. While the Israelites are still in exile, while they still must contend with the separation of their home, their loved ones, they're not defined by this exile. It's here that God's promise of welfare and restoration shines forth for the people. God encourages the people to cry out, to pray, and not to do so alone, but together, to bind together, to come together as a community to search for God, and that's an important reminder for us is that we're not asked to just suffer or to be in pain alone. Rather, that we come together in prayer to reach out as a community of faith to search for God. 
because that's how God has and will continue to work. That while sometimes you may feel isolated, there are people, there is a community, there is a space, there is hope within us and around us. Because that's how God works. God works and creates even in the darkness. So when we face moments of exile or feeling disoriented or uncertain or alone, let us remember that God is there. That in our feelings, out of those cries from our depths, they don't go unnoticed but are held and cared for by a living hope. That's God's promise to us that no matter what darkness we face, that God is there listening to us, welcoming us, working to restore us by a light that can never be covered. So while we may not go searching for darkness, let us remember the beauty, the goodness, and the restoring grace that accompanies it through God's light. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. When you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. This is God's promise to us. May we hold on to this promise and remember that we are never abandoned, but God is always there working to restore us in light and hope. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening. We would love if you could leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening today and let us know how we are doing. Be sure to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC and our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more ways to get involved at Creekwood United Methodist Church in person, online, or both. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week.